Navigational sensors aren't functioning. No problem. No problem. Big problem without navigational sensors. We'll have to fly by the seat of our pants. Great. Seat of the pants technology. You Starfleet types are too dependent on gadgets and gizmos. You lose your natural instincts for survival. February 23rd, 2024. This is Thought Provoking Blokes, and I'm Matt in Geistown Borough. Survived the cell phone outage apocalypse of 2024. Okay. Well, this is Steve in Southern Bedford County, and uh, you didn't know it I happened. Am... No, didn't even know it happened because we don't have cell phones down here. Um, we're too rural. Uh, and I am uh, busy watching my horses shed out their winter coats. Daffodils are popping up through the uh, ground and the uh, pastures are beginning to green up. So I know that spring is going to be early, no matter what that overrated rodent in uh, Puxatani says. It's going to be like so. 20 degrees here tomorrow. Oh, really? oh yeah, we're going to get to like I don't know, 38 or something. But Yeah, it'll be warm next then, week, then but it's, it's supposed be, to be like yeah. really cold here tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to spike Saturday, or Sunday. But, the, but my horses, when they when I go, when I brush them, <clears throat> When I'm out there and, and I'll park, and they start and their fur starts coming out, their winter coats, that's the best indicator that spring's coming for me. So no matter what Puxatani over fat rodent Phil says, you know. Is that useful in any way? What? Like the fluff? What, oh, you mean their, with yeah, the, their winter coat? Can you use that like, I don't know. I'm sure there's like some industrial process you can use it in. No, I just brush it out, and the birds actually uh, recycle it, and they use it, and they go line their nests with it. Oh, okay. When I brush the horses out, I'll have like a big pile of fur, and literally the birds come down, and they start snagging and everything. It's kind of interesting. See, recycling the natural way. All right. How you doing? Good. Yeah, that's good. Doing good. Plugging yeah. away, as always. Yeah. Is it raining up there? Uh, not right now, but it was no. pretty miserable rainy yesterday. Oh, bad down here. My fields are a mess. The muddy as can be. Yeah. Yeah. So you you've been <clears throat> hinting off and on last couple of times we've talked off the air mm -hmm. that you had a something that you wanted to kind of run through. Well, yeah. Well, was that clip from Below Decks? No. That was no. What was that one from? That was a Deep Space Nine clip. I'm telling Deep, you. Oh, I'm okay, gonna, okay. I'm I have not watched Deep Space Nine. <laughs> I have not watched Deep Space Nine. I'm going to drag All you right. to it, man. I don't care. Well, you have to. Yeah, you, know, you have to. Make, I'm very old school. I I used to watch the it's original. It's 35 Star years Trek. old. Yeah, but I but I am much older than 35, and I used to watch the original Star Trek when it came out once a week back in the 60s. Yes, There's an know. episode of that with Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. All right. All right. Well, maybe I'll have to queue up Deep Space Nine on my streaming services, and um, I'll I'll give you a recommended list of starting points. Okay. All right. Anyway, so yeah, so I built a barn years and years ago, and my barn is three hundred feet away from my house. So we had the barn built. My my keeper and I went in. We put in all the stalls for the horses. And we, you know, we loaded it up with a thousand bales of hay and, you know, we're getting ready for the winter, stuff like that. And when it was summertime, it wasn't a big deal because it didn't get dark till nine o'clock at night. And, but the barn didn't have electricity and it didn't have water. Well, when winter came, 
And it got down to where it was getting dark at five o'clock and I'd walk into this barn and there's no lights. It kind of dawned on me. It was like, well, you didn't think this one through very well because you didn't run electricity to the barn. So I ran electricity to the barn and I put on these, you know, I got, I got electricity to the barn and I put on two spotlights, you know, in one corner. So it would at least light up the barn in the interior. So I could see what I was doing. Um, and then, you know, the following year, I ran 300 feet of water line to it. I put water into it. And that got me thinking about my father. Okay. My dad, who is, you know, God, he's, when did he, he passed in 1988 when I was like 27. And um, I remember him telling me, because they were from the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas, about how when he was a kid, he remembered the electricians or the crews coming out putting electricity to their house that in 1936 franklin delano roosevelt who was a president back then he was a three-term president uh, my my mother venerated this guy i'm not a big fan of him after reading about him or anything but anyway but his for his time frame you know he, he was trying to do a lot of good things and it was to help get people out of the great depression that in the early, in the 1930s, only 3% of rural houses and farms had electricity. Okay. So, you know, Excuse me. they used kerosene, you know, kerosene lanterns and stuff like that. They didn't have electricity. But he remembers the crews coming out and putting in running electricity to their house and putting in one naked bulb hanging from the ceiling of each of each room with a switch, one outlet in a, in the main room because they they didn't have appliances back then. So outlets appliances were very expensive. So appliance, you know, they they had like, what do we do with the outlet? And um, that uh, they were, you know, and they could go to the barn and flip the light on and actually work in the evening you know, milk the cows and stuff like that and put hay down and take care of the horses or whatever. And here we are 2024, less than a hundred years. So you figure my father's one generation, I'm the next generation. And he was telling me about not having electricity. And I grew up with electricity, mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, kind of like my dog, you know, millennials, you know, my kids that they grew up with computers and cell phones you know it was it's something that you don't think about you have it's something you automatically have you don't think about but what uh, what got me thinking about electricity is we lost electricity here for 18 hours you know and granted, i'm in the middle of nowhere i'm the second to the last on the line so when the line goes nobody's rushing out here to hurry up and get the line fixed yeah there's only two of us on it um 18 hours. And of course I'd set my house up to where all I do is roll the big, big propane generator that I have out, plug it into the 500 gallon propane tank, hit the start button, fired the house back up, went back to what I was doing. But when we lost the power, of course we lost, of course we lost electric, you know, we lost lights. We lost the internet. We lost, of course, television. We lost the um, microwave dishwasher. But more importantly, we lost water because the electricity runs our well pump. Your pump. Because we're on a well out here. No water. And as I was 
thinking this through. And of course, like I said, I, you know, in the hour it took me to finally go, okay, I'm going to go hook the generator up because we don't know how long we're going to be out. I thought about all this stuff. And then I got to thinking about how little we as a modern society think about electricity. And when you walk into your room and flip the switch on that, the, the power, the light comes on, you open up the refrigerator, literally the light comes on and you're looking, you're rummaging around your refrigerator for what you want. You know, as we sit here doing this podcast, if we didn't have electricity, the only way we could communicate to each other would be with smoke signals. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'd be sending up big puffs of smoke to, and you'd be up in Cambria County sending, you know, puffs of smoke back going real old school. Thank you to the American Indians for that, that signaling type thing. Um, but we don't think about it. So hence that got me to thinking about national security. So no matter what your opinion is on the Israeli Hamas thing or the Ukraine war for you, from, from my perspective, and this is Steve's personal opinion to me, national security is more important than sending money or sending military equipment over to Ukraine. That's not important. Making sure that our electrical grid, which is old and aging and pretty much vulnerable. And I'm not even going into, you know, like attacks from, you know, because when you, when you turn on the news, you see the Chinese are going to attack the grid, you know, terrorists could attack the grid. Did you see that sheriff from Ohio? He, he, no. um, all the sheriffs got, um, had a conference in DC and they were talked talking about the different potential cyber things that could happen and all that stuff. And he came back and he's a, he's a good old boy sheriff. Like y'all need uh -huh. to understand there could be terrorists and foreign powers coming in and trying to get into our computers. It could happen dozens of times a day. And this guy, like, you have never checked your email. I know it. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't even know how to get to the email. Yeah. Well, with that aside, you know, let's take let's take the terrorist, the terrorist and the CC, the CCP, Chinese Communist Party out of the out of the equation and just think about an infrastructure that was, you know, now prior to the 1930s, the the urban areas, the cities, they had electricity. It was pretty common to them. It was the rural areas in the 1930s that FDR said, hey, we need to get our farmers and our basically the country folk, you know, the people who like me, who live out in the middle of nowhere, get them electricity. Yeah. You know, so that was a good idea. So it, it was it was common in the city, uncommon in the country. But now it's electricity is, is a great it's it's almost like a um, it's a basic need, like food, clothing and shelter. And I've added reliable transportation. Now I'm going to add a fifth one is electricity because without electricity, life would be really tough. Sure. So, so going back to the infrastructure that's been being put in place for over a hundred years, our air quote elected leaders and leaders, I use that as a, that's a very nebulous term for anybody that's elected. Um, the clowns in Washington and Harrisburg, they're not focusing on the, the electrical grid. That what we need. They go on TV, and the, you know you got the sh the showboat elected people who are always on TV talking about it and throwing their hand, wringing their hands, and you're know, saying that the CCP is going after it. It's going to go down. But what do they do about it? Nothing. So I genuinely, my opinion is that the electrical grid that we are all dependent upon is a national um, 
asset that should be secured before we send money to Ukraine or send money over to Israel. And I'm a big supporter of Israel, so I don't want to take that off the table. But I, you know, I, don't, I want to get that out there. I, I'm a major supporter of Israel, but I think that we should start su su fixing our own infrastructure before we're sending billions of dollars in military aid over to uh, Ukraine or anywhere else. In fact, here's another little tidbit that, that as I was going down this thread. Do you know how many army bases we have in Germany? No. 40. Four zero. 40. 40. Just army. Army bases in Germany. And you can fact check me because I looked it up long before I you know, would come out here and say it. Um, unless Wikipedia is way off. Wikipedia, which I, you know, I read last week, said that there are, and they have all listed, 40 army military installations in Germany, which is left over from World War II and the Cold War. And if I remember correctly, the Cold War ended when the Berlin Wall fell and we were supposed to have these peace dividends. So why do we have 40 army bases in Germany? If you shut those down, and brought all those troops home, all those soldiers home and everything, I'm pretty confident the money you saved just in that could do a, could be a major infrastructure upgrade to our uh, aging electrical grid. Anyway, that's like my... Yeah, this is left over from um, the United States Forces uh, European Theater, August 1st, 45 to February 28th, 46. Yeah. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? And 47 is re-signed... Um, European command. So why so why do we have 40 army bases in Germany? When the last air raid that we did on um we were talking about this a couple of podcasts back, when we used the the B-1 Lancer bomber, we flew it out of the United States, flew it around the world, bombed the snot out of whoever it was, I don't even remember now, and then flew back. So with our global reach, just air power alone, why do we, why do we have forty bases in Germany? Other than other than supporting the military industrial complex, of course. Britain has bases in Germany. Yeah, and that's like a that's like a twenty two mile fly across the the channel, and you're there, or you're in France at least. It's ridiculous. It's it's actually it's asinine. If you if you begin to if you begin to ask the question why and look at things not with not through emotion but through logic and not not doing you know this is red this is a red issue this is a blue issue or anything none of that crap take the politics out of it and you just look at it from a logical intelligent human standpoint why things are it doesn't make sense there's oh, no on, reason see, to they're have they're closing they're closing the dagger complex uh, yeah, okay. So well, we're down well to it'll be, they're going to close it because they're building a new one in Wispeden. Mm. So come on. Yeah. Right, what I What are you talking about? Yeah. And Okinawa. I was, I was stationed in Okinawa in the Marines back in the 80s. They still have military bases there. Yeah. That's left over from World War II. I don't think we're going to be going to war with Japan anytime soon. No. So why don't so why do we have bases in main first off mainland Japan or we have bases in Okinawa? It's it's just supporting the military industrial complex. And there's no there's no desire for 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 the for the electrical grid. 
think back think about when you talked to, when you were talking electrical grid i can't remember and how quickly it disappeared as a topic i didn't know you yet but remember the summer of 2001 like the whole eastern seaboard went down electric grid wise uh, 2001 and was it doing it must have been during the summer it was like august Okay, so it was before 9-11. Well, that's what kind of wiped it off the, the map of as far as the story that's goes. That's right. Yeah. Um, I genuinely don't remember because, let's see, I was I was a major in the Corps then, and we were, I know we were, and down, I was in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and of course the base has a robust. Oh, I'm sorry, 2003. Oh, 2003. Um, I was, Okay. I was retiring. I retired out of the Marine Corps, and I was, I was moving up to Johnstown. Yeah, the depending Northeast on what time out of two thousand and three, widespread power hmm. outage throughout the Northeast and North um, Midwestern United States and um, parts of Canadian, the Canadian province of Ontario. Uh, oh yeah, you know I vaguely, vaguely remember something about that. I remember something. I remember rolling black. I remember rolling blackouts in like New York and stuff like that. Um. Or brownouts, the black as they call them. The blackouts prox proximate cause proximate cause was a and this is quote quote software bug in the alarm system at the control room of First Energy in Akron, Ohio based company. Uh, okay. What should have been a manageable local blackout cascaded into the collapse of a much of the Northeast Regional Electric distribution system. All right, so so you're like a techie guy. Do you buy that? Yes, you do. Well, because right. here's 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 what I know from from a lot of the technical perspective of things. Um, chances are that a lot of these systems, especially considering how old they are, mm -hmm. there's some tiny old, and I'm not not going to say HP computer. I'm going to say Hewlett Packard <laughs> when it was actually labeled Hewlett Packard. Yeah. In a back closet someplace that no one realizes what it's doing. It's run running some kind of bit of code on DOS 3.0 that is actually the pivotal linchpin for the entire system. We're not dependent or or or, or susceptible to cyber attacks. I'm more worried about a well-meaning energetic janitor pulling the wrong cable while they're sweeping and unplugging <laughs> a computer someplace. It could be worse instead of an eight, an old Hewlett Packard. It could be an old Wang. Yeah. I remember those. Yeah. The Wang, the Wang computer. <laughs> yeah. Be one of those R running some, some basic DOS system. Which Cause it's just stuff laid on stuff yeah. on stuff. Yeah. Layers upon layers of. Hmm. So. So basically, what you're proposing or what you're postulating is that, that a these systems that have been developed over the years, and you have one system that's laid upon another system that's laid upon another system, the whole system becomes a system of systems. Yes. And like anything else, the people from when that was originally built mm -hmm. aren't here. They're dead. Oh, no. No. You know. Not at all. There, there's... You know, I would be I would be curious to see the statistics on how many people 
are still alive from the Apollo program. Oh, you mean the engineers and all that stuff and the, the mathematicians? Yeah. And so because like we that. did it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that one. What was that movie? I it was an excellent movie about the Apollo program. And it was about these three black ladies who were hired by NASA and they were, they were considered human computers. And they were weaving the, the, the code. Yeah. The one lady, uh, you know, they were, they were brilliant. They, um, but she, the one lady, she actually spoke directly with John Glenn when he was getting ready to launch and she calculated everything and he would not get into the spaceship until she said all the calculations were correct. When they were telling John Glenn, Oh, the computer says it's right. He goes, no, I want to know what. And he knew her name cause he'd met her. And then another one of the ladies hidden figures, hidden figures. What a, that is a fantastic <laughs> movie about the, 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 the fact that the, the ladies, you know, their, their stories, but the, the, what they called human computers, but how, yeah. So those ladies are no longer, one lady became on, she became the Fortran expert um, within like NASA. And then another lady became, I think she was the first black woman engineer that went to school and be, was hired by NASA. So like, it, it, just fantastic. But if you get a chance to watch the movie, it's called Hidden Figures, excellent movie. But yeah, to your point, those ladies are no longer alive. And, and they were, the one lady was calculating trajectory and re-entry figures and things like that in her head yeah you know she would just be able to do it and then write it out on chalkboard yeah so yeah none of that those people are alive well that's what so, i kind of wonder too because i uh, last night we watched them and they think they successfully landed the the first commercial probe on the moon I kind of wonder what the Apollo people are sitting there, the ones who are still with us sitting there watching that like yeah i did that 60 years ago yeah yeah, yeah. Here, hold my beer. I, I, I you know, we, we but did we, that we, long, we lost all ago. that knowledge because of just time. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. People die off. You lose the uh, what's that? The corporate knowledge. I think it's a term that they used to use. Yeah, um, institutional knowledge. And thank you. Yeah, that's it. Institutional knowledge. But so with the electric grid or any of these grids, is the people who don't know stuff. I, I've seen that all the time. I've seen that in municipal governments where people, mm -hmm. hey, you know, they have a, they have a a road crew worker that knows the entire borough inside and out and retires and no one knows where right. pipes go Everything. or anything else mm -hmm. because it was 45 years of, well, Larry knows everything. Just ask Larry. Yeah. Well, Larry's gone. Yeah. Larry, Larry had a heart attack while driving the snowplow truck and he's gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that's, that's interesting. So back to what was bugging me about it is that I think our, um electrical grid sorry i got distracted i looked out the window and something caught my eye um that i think our 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 electrical grid is a national asset that we need to turn money into and instead of sending money overseas to these mil these redundant military bases we don't need these endless wars that our politicians across the board not putting an r or a d on any of them i'm i'm, I'm calling out all the politicians support of course they support the wars because they're being supported by the military industrial complex and campaign contributions yeah so of course they've got to support all these endless wars and you know sacrificing the men and women who serve in the military because they want to make their own money but i digress 
Well, I, I genuinely think that whoever the president is, whether you like him or dislike him, should focus on, I would say, revamping the entire electrical grid. That would be quite a project. Because you know what? I can deal with a pothole mm -hmm. driving down the road. I can deal with, you know, up, up until literally a couple of years ago, my, my now paved road, public road, was gravel. Um, it, it didn't, we literally just got pavement. Yeah. Um, so I can't say I live on a dirt road anymore. Anyway, um, I can, I can deal. You're with the only human being I know who's literally at their, their local township meeting. No, do not pave my road because no, I want to be able to say I have a, I live on a dirt road. Damn it. I live on a dirt road. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You can put that char and oil, that chip and oil thing down. That's fine. But don't, don't pave my road. Anyway, it's a nice road. Um, COVID money. I'm sure paid for that one. Um, but it, uh, I got off track now. Um, no, basically, politicians should be. Somebody could come oh, out and say, "Hey, we're going to do this," and actually, yeah, instead of having yeah. an infrastructure bill that does right. nothing, that yeah, absolutely does nothing. But actually that you know, having an infrastructure bill that would do infrastructure and why? Oh yeah, that's right. Because sorry, I'm, I'm jumping in, but yeah, the where the the path I was going down is I can live with I can live with a dirt road, I can live with a gravel road, I can live with potholes, I can live with you know bridges that are questionable. But if if we if if I lose electricity, now granted for a first couple of months it's not going to be a big deal to me because my generator is going to run for two months and then it's going to run out because it's not designed it's going to wear out it's not designed to run twenty four seven. But if you lost electricity, you live up you live in a more urban area. You live you live up in the Cambria County, you know the greater Johnstown area. If you lost lost electricity, done. What would your life be like? You, have and you have no water. Do what? I have a generator. Right. But water. You're 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 dependent upon water from the city. Technically. You're, you're on well, you're on public water. You're not on a well. I got a creek behind you're, me. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Potable water. Remember, I spent in. I spent I spent fifteen <laughs> years in emergency management, but well, ten years right. between that. Yeah. So okay. I trust okay. me, I'm a little more paranoid and a little more prepared than most people. Yeah, yeah. You're like you're like me. I'm I'm you know okay, so let's take it, let's take like it the average person. The, equation. the average person in the um the greater Johnstown area. Oh, they're humped. Right. They're completely screwed to no end because what most people don't think about is that water that they turn on their tap on, which is another thing that people take for granted, gets pumped from the reservoir, goes through the filtration system, gets pumped up into a water tower, which creates the force needed to open up the tap. It's not because you got some pump doing it. It's because everything's pumped up. Well, that water's got to get pumped up to the water tower. So when you lose electricity across the board, you have a three-day supply of water on average use. And then yeah, it's, that's everything from turning on the water to get a glass of water to flushing the toilet. People don't think about it. We're taking a shower. In three days, it's gone. People don't think about that. You know, because if you lose electricity across the board, everybody's out of electricity. You have, you have no water. You're not flushing toilets. You're not eating. Your three-day supply of, of food for stores is gone because it's a three-day uh, life cycle for, we call it just-in-time logistics, a reef everybody's completely hosed and nobody nobody other than the showboating politicians is questioning this and they're busy yelling at the ccp and terrorists and 
all the illegal immigrants coming across the border, all these military age men, all that crap and everything. No, They're the far problem more, is far is, more concerned about yeah. evilness when incompetence also accomplishes the same thing and is much more prevalent. Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I agree with that statement. Yeah. Yeah, one, one blithering idiot can screw up the entire electrical system accidentally, you know, yep. or, or, or a, like you said, a well-meeting janitor cleaning the this back room closet accidentally jerks the plug out of the Hewlett-Packard computer running its DOS system and a cascading effect goes through and wipes out the Eastern Seaboard. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's my uh, Steve's bitch of the week. <laughs> <laughs> nice well that's a um it's worth it's worth thinking about i always like the idea and it's kind of a little off topic but i always like the idea when um there's a great economic paper by william nordis about lighting and i think this is part of the problem too is that everyone is so used to it now mm-hmm. um The time it took to generate an hour of light. So Babylon, 1750 BC. Okay. Sesame seed oil lights to get an hour of light. You had to work 400 hours. That's how expensive it was. Okay. So, so you have a lamp that's that's lit with sesame seed oil. Yes. So to generate enough oil to keep the lamp lit, or to afford to buy that oil. Oh, to afford you to had to buy work the oil. Four hundred oh. hours to get to fill the lamp to get an hour's excuse me to get an hour's worth of light. So ten weeks of working. If if you do a if you're forty, doing 40 hour, hour work, work weeks, yeah, you have to work two and a half months. Eighteen hundred. Okay. Talcum candles. 50 hours of work. Okay. By the late 19th century, with gas, with with folks like, you know, that's actually one of the things they don't talk about much, is old big evil robber baron Rockefeller. He got rich yeah. by making cheap, oil and gas products and gave it, giving it to people, sell it cheaply to people. Mm-hmm. Three hours. For okay. That. Less than a day. Yeah. To have an hour's worth of light. To have an hour's worth of light. Okay. Today, one second. So one less second than, of work. Probably even less now. The article's a little... Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So, but let's use this for discussion point. One second's worth of work gets you an hour's worth of light. Mm -hmm. So one day of work and you've got a week's worth of light easily. Yeah. Well, yeah. More. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it now becomes this, this ubiquitous thing that's everywhere. No, I think it just, oh, it just, you flip a switch, it comes on. It's there. It's there. And you don't think about it until it's not there. Yes. So I, I think, you know, go back to what I said is, the electrical grid is a national asset that needs to be protected and focused on and not a political football to fund the military industrial complex saying the CCP and terrorists are going to blow it up. Yeah, we just need the infrastructure. Yeah. 
And while they're while they're having to do fix the infrastructure, put some I'm I'm on throw some nuclear power plants in this on this thing. Oh, I'm fine with that. Four, four new. And if you're going to run cable electrical lined, because you have to replace all this old electrical line in so many mm-hmm. places, run fiber along with it. Yeah. You're on the pole yeah. anyway. Right. Or better yet, the way to better protect it is bury it. <clears throat> or bury it. Bury it. That's a better way of protecting that instead of having the poles everywhere. You know. Yeah. It'd be a, it'd be a great work program for people years and years of doing that updating the system it'd right, be lots a, of jobs it'd be a 10 year plan it'd have to be easily probably 10 years easily well anyway that's all i got today matt well that's i like think my, that was a lot yeah yep it was so what do you got going on today anything oh i'll kind of i'll get into something crazy as always yeah yeah i'm in the middle of doing a pile of paperwork all day you know i was gonna be sitting here drinking coffee and doing paperwork and, and and I'm trying to be semi-retired. It doesn't and that's work. not working. It's not working out. I'm so technically well for semi-retired. Me. It's not working. Yeah, it's just not working. I'm trying, trying to like, I stop telling, telling people. No, I don't want to work anymore. I'm I'm been working since night. My daughter was my daughter came and visited this past weekend and she said, How long have you been working, Dad? And I said, I first I got my first paying job at Kentucky Fried Chicken in 1976 and she thought about it. she was that was the bicentennial for the country mm-hmm. and i was like yep 1976 my first paying job so that's how far back my work records go i was in she a room she... the other day where i was the only one alive when 9-11 happened really wow Jeez. god well matt i'm already there but you're getting old <laughs> <laughs> that'll brighten your day i'm painfully aware steve i'm painfully aware <laughs> faith i know <laughs> yeah yeah getting old ain't for sissies that's for sure oh well well steve i think i'm going to tell you to have a great week yep well tell uh, in case everybody anybody who happens to be listening to us thought provoking oh, yeah. blokes thank you yeah. <laughs> see we took a week off i'm out of practice yeah we are you had a rhythm But go to the webpage. You can make sure, share, and uh, let other people subscribe if you like what we're hearing. Uh, That helps us um, just get the word out. Yep. Appreciate it. Anything you can do. Have a good one, Matt. See you, Steve.